believe I can't sleep. It's time to listen to Courtney at last on the ramblings of an insomniac podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the ramblings of an insomniac. I am Courtney Perry, and this is the 14th, I believe. Yeah, 14th episode. Welcome. So I am outside. Uh, You might be able to hear my heating system running. I apologize. My cat will probably start meowing here. Um, And it's pretty rainy, so you're probably going to hear a lot. But I am in an antsy mood. I'm walking around. I'm pacing. I cannot cannot sit down um, in an office or just sit down in general. And the reason that I'm antsy and I'm pacing um, and restless is that I was told, um, yesterday I was told that my mom, um, that their facility is back on lockdown. They are yet again on another quarantine, which means that in the month of December, they had from um, December 24th until January 4th. Um, that So for 10 days, they were not quarantined. Um, for the other 21, they were quarantined. And then um, in the month of November, they had, I think it was seven days that they were not locked down, not on quarantine. And the rest of the time, they were. So it was like one week that they were not quarantined. And I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. This is just becoming, my mom has become a completely different person than she was a year ago. And now I'm feeling this mass amount of guilt. I feel like I shouldn't have moved her. But at the same time, I couldn't have kept her home all by herself. You know, like I said, her husband, my dad, passed away in 2013. And she was doing okay by herself for quite a while. But um, about two years ago, she just kind of stopped. I think she was really depressed and didn't want to admit it. And it just got worse and worse. And I tried really hard to get her to move here and just many options, many options. And she didn't want to do any of them, which I understand. You don't want to give up your home, the place that you and your husband, who is now deceased, you know, um, bought together a place that has a beautiful view that you love with all your friends and memories, your independence. I totally understand that. So, you know, I kind of let her stay and then I just drove Um, there every month for seven years. I just kept driving there and visiting her every month. It's a three-hour one-way, so six hours, because I wanted to make sure she was okay, and I called her every day. But then I just started noticing things weren't, and she needed to have help. So we tried in-home care, but she makes $300 too much for that, for the state to be able to pay for it, which means she has to pay out of pocket 
but it's incredibly expensive because it's usually about $20 an hour. And my mom can't afford that because like I said, she only, you know, doesn't qualify for government assistance by 300 mo um, a month. So it's not like she's wealthy. Um, so then we thought of getting many different services we tried, but I wanted her close to me so I could actually be able to see her every day. And anyway, she did that. And now I feel bad because of course, when she moved, it was October of 2020. And, you know, COVID was even bigger then. And so she was able to, I was able to take her on road trips with me, like go out in the car and I could take her to the store and I could take her on drives and stuff and I could see her that way. And so when they were on lockdown, it didn't matter because I could still take her out and about. But now, you know, as I've mentioned before, I'm unable to do that. She's not mobile. Um, she has oxygen tanks and she has a catheter and she's just, she's got COPD. It's a whole big thing. I don't have the right type of vehicle for it. And her hover around requires right now her fingers are, she just doesn't have the dexterity. So um, it just sucks because now she's losing her memory. And the only thing she does remember is me and my two sons. She remembers my um, yeah, my two sons, her grandsons, and myself and her dog. So I don't know if that's going to be tomorrow that she forgets. I don't know if it's going to be a week from now. I don't know. That's why time is something I don't have the luxury of giving up. I don't have time is precious. And I'm trying to do everything I can. Like I said, I've been sending emails and calling news stations and radio stations. And I touched base again with the state senator. Um, and so I'm just hoping that um, I'm hoping this gets around. I'm hoping we can kind of spread the word and let people know that people that are living in assisted living facilities aren't able to see their loved ones. And that is so detrimental to their mental and physical health. And not everybody can bring their family member out. Some of them are immobile. Some people, it's not safe for them to leave the facility. So not being able to see them at the end stages of life is just, I can see it firsthand. And again, like I said before, I've been a certified nurse's aide. I have been, um, I've worked in housekeeping. I've worked at the front desk as a receptionist. And now I have a parent that's there. So I've been in assisted living memory care in all angles, all different um, aspects. And I'm telling you that it is incredibly detrimental to their physical and mental health not to be around their loved ones. My mom's health can testify to that. It's severely declined. My health is declining. This is not okay. She calls me bawling, asking me where I am, asking me why I can't come see her, asking me why I can't pick her up, calling me, begging me to come and see her. Do you know how it just, it breaks my heart. It's killing me. It is absolutely breaking my heart to hear my own mother call me and beg me to come pick her up and asking why I haven't seen her, why I haven't come to see her because she doesn't remember how long it's been. 
telling me she's scared, telling me she has anxiety. Her med techs and CNAs call me to tell me that um, she's got anxiety and that she's been um, very anxious and can't sleep. Now she's starting not to be able to use her phone. And I have one of those very basic flip phones for her. And now she's starting not to be able to use that. So we had to get an Alexa and I'm hoping that will work. I can just call her. But getting an Alexa and talking to her that way is not the same. I can't hold her. I can't touch her. I can't hug her. You know, I can't look her in the eyes. I can't tell her it's going to be okay. And like I said, I don't know if she'll remember me tomorrow or next week. I don't know. I don't know when she's going to, how long she's going to remember her grandchildren. This is so hard. It really is. And I would love any person any politician to come down to these assisted living facilities and look every single resident and their family members in the eye and tell them why you're doing this and just tell them yourself, you know, don't have other people do your dirty work. It's really sad and it's it's breaking my heart and it's killing me inside and I got to tell you, it's definitely keeping me up. It's definitely keeping me awake. It's heart-wrenching. I, can, I can't do anything. I'm trying. Like I said, I'm trying. I'm trying to get the word out. I'm trying to, you know, so like I said, hey, you can help me by spreading the news yourself, just that these elderly are being kept from seeing their family members. The family members are being kept from seeing their moms and dads, sisters, whatever, their family members. And so seeing one another and Keep in mind, like I said, they've been vaccinated. Um, I am going up to her room with a mask. I've been vaccinated. I would have a mask. I'd be going to her room, private room that she does not share with anybody, closing the door. So I'm not around anybody. I'm not taking her out, which is which is allowed. I'm allowed to take her out to a million different grocery stores and, and restaurants and shopping malls and everything and to my house with a bunch of kids running around with germs and stuff and and then bring her home with all those germs and all those things that she's touched with people that may or may not have been vaccinated but I can't go up and be in her room as a vaccinated person with a mask on in her private room oh, I know I've said this before I know I know I sound like a broken record and I'm sorry that you were listening to it again I'm just Again, if you are going through anything like this, then you totally understand why I'm repeating myself and why it's keeping me up. You know, it's it's weighing on me. And also, I'm trying to look into foster care so that um, they have a little bit different regulations. But there's wait lists, and the few that don't have wait lists are like an hour away, which is not a big deal. Hours not far. I used to drive three hours just to see her, but I've read some reviews and I understand completely that reviews are not always 100%, especially when it comes to assisted living, foster care, all that kind of stuff. I totally understand that reviews are not always accurate. Sometimes they're out of emotion and not really facts, but at the same time, I look at certain things and I'm just not certain 
you know, what to do. I don't know. So I feel like I have pressure because I just know that I can't be kept away from her and I know that she's scared. And now out of all times in the world when she's scared and really wants us around and needs us around and can remember us because she knows that she's going to lose her memory. She knows she's losing her memory. She, it's, you can tell. So she needs us. It's hard. And I'm sorry, you know, like I said, I've, I've said all this before, but I just, I said I would ramble about things that keep me up and, and this is what has been keeping me up again. Um, so yeah, that, and I'm trying to look at the good though. I am, I am, I'm trying to get up every day and just take a couple of breaths and say, all right, so what is the good? What can I control? And the good is that I opened my eyes and I got up. And the good is that I'm able to take a breath. <sighs> Although I don't always remember to do it, I am capable of it. And so I am grateful. And I'm trying to just focus on the things I can control. That's all I can do. So that's what I'm doing. Anyway, and hey, thanks again for for listening. I appreciate you. And um, if you're struggling and having a hard time, just know that somebody out there cares. I'm going to say that every time because it's true. I understand. And I hate it when people say, you know, they try to compare your problems to theirs. I hate that. Or, well, everybody has that. Everybody goes through that. Well, okay, so everybody goes through someone dying. Does that mean we shouldn't cry or be sad or angry when someone dies? Because so many people have lost loved ones, then that means that since it's so common, we can't be sad or angry over it. Or when someone says, I'm tired, I've, I've worked hard. Well, everybody works harder. I work hard too. Okay. Well, then I'm, I'm sure you're tired. You're probably tired as well. Can't we both be tired? Isn't that a normal, common thing to be tired after a hard day's work? It's okay to be tired. I admit I've done that. I've done that. I've totally been guilty of doing the one-upping thing. I'm not going to lie. I've done it, and I'm, it's shameful. Ugh. It's an ugly side. I've done it, though. So it doesn't matter if you're going through something big, small, medium, in between what someone else feels is big or small or not as big and whatever. The comparison thing is just silly. If you're feeling sad or mad or angry, frustrated, pissed, whatever it is, for whatever reason, then feel it. Feel that way. That's all right. And then once you're done feeling that, then figure out, is it something you can fix? Is it something you can control? Is there a solution? Yes or no? And go from there. If there's, if you don't have a solution, well, then you kind of need to let it go. Or if it's not something you can control, then it's not something you can control. But if there's a solution or you can control it or whatever, then hey, go from there. That's what I'm trying to do. But first, go ahead and be pissed. Obviously, you don't need my permission or anybody else's. 
and we don't need to compare. Someone's shit is someone's shit. Your shit is your shit. So let's keep the shit separate. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, I will see you next time. I've been throwing in a lot of surprise ones. So we'll see. Anyways, um, thanks again. Have a great evening.